So this is one thing a lot of people don't realize is you actually are paying money. Your 401k is not free. I know that's probably mind blowing for some of you because you're like, I've never seen any transactions. I've never approved of anything. Well, the investments you own in the 401k themselves, they actually have expenses taken out of the investments. This is Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp where I help tech professionals in their 20s and 30s balance a great life today without sacrificing their future possibilities. I'm your host, Lucas Caceres, certified financial planner and founder of Level Up Financial Planning, where I help educate, coach, and build strategies with my clients to help them take their financial confidence to the next level. Here's an important compliance disclosure. This podcast is for informational purposes only and are not to be considered recommendations. It is recommended you consult your trusted financial professional before implementing any information obtained from the Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. Hello, welcome to season two of Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. I'm excited to be back. I know I recorded a lot of season 1.5 episodes because this year, 2020, has been crazy. Lots going on this year. So if you haven't checked it out, definitely go back and look at some of the previous episodes, season one, season one and a half. You can find a lot of information there. But I'm really excited about the new content. I'm going to try to make the financial episodes a little bit shorter try to keep it underneath the 20 minutes. And if I ever run into a topic that needs more time, what I'll do there is I'll just split it into different parts to kind of help it be more digestible. I'm super excited about all the guests. I've already interviewed about five or six guests that I just need to go through, edit their episodes, and then release them. So lots of great people. And I think that's probably the, the best uh, thing to say about it. Like just great people, people that I think everyone's going to be rooting for and then also be really gravitating towards their story because they, they got great information as well as great stories to tell and share with you. So I'm really excited to bring those to you. Today, I'm going to be talking about what to do with your old 401k. And this is popular anyways, because most people have so many different employers over the course of their working career that it gets really confusing. All the time I run into clients that they, they start working with me and we're trying to hunt down some of these things and find out where the heck some of these old things are. A lot of times they'll forget that anything even existed until I ask them a question. All of a sudden it, it reminds them like, oh yeah, there's like something that's not that much. It's, it's hidden away. We got to go find it. And <laughs> then we kind of uh, start that hunt. So that actually leads me to the first step. If you have an old 401k, the best thing you could do is find out where it's at and what's going on with it. What's the value? Just get very clear as far as what's going on there. And there's a few different ways you can do that. If you have old statements, that's going to be pretty helpful. Uh, also, if you actually know generally where it's at, so the the company, so if it's at Fidelity, Charles Schwab, TD Ameritrade, there's all these different companies that are custodying, which basically means that they're the ones that are responsible for reporting all the information, keeping track, making sure that your investments are yours and they stay yours. These companies, all different kinds. So you know, it's it's not always easy to find these things unless it just happens to be a client I'm working with and I know their previous employer and I know where those plans used to be. So that's step number one. If you can't find this information, if you don't already kind of know where it might be, you had to dig a little bit deeper. You had to reach out to the human resource team from your previous employer and just say, hey, this is when I worked there. Can you just tell me what the 401k custodian is so I can reach out to them, 
the HR team is not going to be able to help you with these things more than that. They'll just be able to kind of say, hey, this is the company we use, and then you'll have to reach out to that company. Once you get that, then you're going to want to evaluate kind of what's going on with the plan. You want to see what the different options are as far as investments go. Make sure that there's a good kind of assortment that you feel comfortable with, feel confident in as far as the investment options there. You'll also want to take a look at the expense ratio. So this is one thing a lot of people don't realize is you actually are paying money. Your 401k is not free. I know that's probably mind-blowing for some of you because you're like, I've never seen any transactions. I've never approved of anything. Well, the investments you own in the 401k themselves, they actually have expenses taken out of the investments. You're never going to see it because it's not a line item that you'd see. It actually just impacts the value of that underlying investment. So most of the time it's mutual funds or index funds within these retirement accounts, and they all have these things called expense ratios. So that's what the fee is to you. And that's something that you're paying that you're not necessarily seeing it. So it's not always transparent, but they will report the expense ratio if you know what to look for. And if you dig in to find these things, another thing that you're going to want to evaluate is once you get into the site, does it feel easy to use? Does it feel like something that you'd want to go and check on quarterly or at least once a year to see what's going on, make sure everything's moving according to your plan and outline that you have for your investment philosophy, for whether or not you're on track for your retirement goals. These things are going to be important because if it's not user-friendly, you're not going to want to go in there. You're not going to want to keep an eye on these things. I mean, a few years go down the, the road, you start accumulating a lot of these different 401k plans, you're going to forget about them again. So that's important to kind of keep in mind as you start to evaluate, well, does it make sense to keep things where they're at? So that, that brings us to the next stage of the game with what to do with your old 401k. So you can keep it where it's at. That's going to be the easiest. It's not going to require any additional action from you. You actually, if you already know you're going to do that, I would still say it's important to track this down, get clarity and understand as far as what the value is and make sure that you're investing in a way you want to. So although that's not typically what a lot of people do, people do the easiest thing. They, they don't look at it. They just leave it where it's at and, and hope that they don't forget about it. But I would say, even if you're going to keep it where it's at, definitely find out what the value is, look at the investments, make sure it fits your investment philosophy and kind of your process for choosing your investments in order to make sure you're on track to, to reach your goals. So that's important. Make sure you know where it's at, even if you're going to go the easier route, okay? But again, that it might make sense if, let's say, you only have this old 401k, and then you have your new 401k. Maybe two is easy enough for you to manage. You're not going to forget about it. And if you feel pretty confident in that, and if you like the investment options, because the expenses and the investment options are different between all different types of 401k plans, some are better than others. So it's possible that your old plan may be better than your new plan. And so if that's the case, it could be a reason to keep the old one and kind of juggle the two and kind of keep an eye on those things. But you first just want to be able to evaluate that, make sure that's what makes sense. That would be the easiest thing to do. The next thing to do, I think the most common thing to do when we kind of remove the, the easiness factor, remove maybe the laziness factor of it, is you can roll it out of that old 401k and place it in another type of retirement account to make sure that there's no tax implications, there's no penalties or anything like that. And the most common one is to put it into what's called an IRA account. And this is 
basically the equivalent of a 401k, but it's individualized. It's your own account. You can open it up wherever you want. You can actually even just have it at a bank and in a savings account. Not usually the best idea for a long-term retirement kind of savings because you're not going to get too, too much of an interest rate right now on savings accounts at credit unions or banks or anything like that. So, but that is an option. You can basically open up an IRA account almost anywhere. It's possible too that you may have some Roth contributions in your 401k. If that's the case, you'll want to roll over that portion, the, the Roth portion to a Roth IRA account. And again, just like the traditional IRA, it can be open basically any financial institution. You'll want to do your own evaluation of which institution should be the, the best one for you to get going. But that's an option. Another option too is most of the time, people are in the traditional 401k. And I know this is getting a little bit more complex, but there's there's that traditional and Roth options a lot of times. And even if you were 100% contributing to the Roth side, anything that your employer put into the 401k, that always goes to the traditional side. And that's because your employer wants to have that tax deduction. Then they don't receive the tax deduction. If they put it into a traditional side of those retirement accounts, then it is a tax deductible expense for the business. And so that saves them some money on taxes. But it means that ultimately when you pull your funds out of the retirement account, the portions that your employer put in for you will be taxed. Even if you were doing 100% for the Roth contributions. I actually did do a whole episode on traditional versus Roth. I imagine it's like 15 to 16 minutes long. So not, not too incredibly lengthy, but if you need to brush up on that, definitely dive into that episode. And it's very focused on those two different options and what they mean. Basically from there, you'll want to make sure the traditional goes to a traditional IRA and then the Roth goes to the Roth IRA that you end up opening. So there'll be two separate accounts if you need them. The other option is you can start doing a Roth conversions where you actually, let's say you did have a, a chunk of traditional funds you can either choose a specific amount or choose to do the whole account. Usually most people don't do the full account unless it's a smaller balance. But what you can do is choose to pay the taxes on it now and do a Roth conversion and actually take everything from the traditional, put it all into a Roth. And what that does is that recognizes it as a taxable situation. So you'll, you'll want to make sure that you are aware of what the tax implications are going to be. Again, that's why a lot of people focus specifically on a small portion of it, not the full amount. And then move that into a Roth account. The funds that make it into a Roth account that you've already paid taxes on, you'll never have to pay taxes on that again. So that's why people strategically do that. If you feel that your future tax bracket may be higher than what it is right now, that's a reason to do some of these things, especially if you're in the middle of a career transition where maybe you had a quarter of the year or half the year you didn't work and receive your full kind of income to keep you in higher tax brackets that could be a good opportunity to take advantage of kind of filling that tax bracket gap and, and bring your tax rate up to the, the same amount that you're used to paying. So that's also an option. So you can do traditional, traditional, Roth to Roth. Then you could also choose, and again, this is a more advanced strategy to do a Roth conversion. Uh, Roth conversion, there would be tax implications, there would be kind of short-term costs and trade-offs that you'd want to weigh against the long-term benefits. So not, not necessarily a recommendation because I don't know what your tax situation is, but that's always something I look at when I'm working with clients is, hey, are you a boot camp 
graduate where you've only worked part of the year, well, we can actually do some of these Roth conversions and it makes a lot of sense. It's not too painful to do these types of things. But if you've worked full year, if you're already in a super high tax bracket, may not be the, the best option, but you will want to wait against kind of your whole long-term holistic plan, which should be included in tax plan. And that's always an important part of a financial plan. <laughs> Taxes can blow up a plan if you're not accounting for it and trying to maximize and be as efficient as possible with your tax planning. The other option is to roll it into your new 401k. So if you have a new 401k plan, most of the time you'll want to confirm this with your employer that you can actually move your old 401k into your new 401k. Most of the time you can. So just make sure that you do that. You will also want to make sure that if you have Roth portion of your old 401k, that the new 401k allows for Roth contributions because not all employers offer Roth contributions for some reason. It's, it doesn't really make sense because it doesn't cost anything. It's not too much of a pain for employers to just say, yes, I'll allow this. But unfortunately, so many employers still do not have that Roth option available. So if you have old Roth funds in your old 401k, if your new 401k plan doesn't allow Roth contributions, you might not be able to move that over. So that's something to be aware of too. Basically, you would want to consider all the same things that I talked about when you're rolling over from your old 401k to a IRA account, whether it's a traditional or a Roth, but that biggest thing being make sure Roth is an option if you have old Roth funds. The last thing, and I call this break in case of emergency, it's one I've actually used personally throughout different transitions in my life as I've tried to, to navigate and kind of better position myself professionally, and it's cashing out your old retirement accounts. So I mentioned I've done this in the past, when I moved from Illinois to Colorado and I was starting to, to go to school for financial planning, I did cash out my old 401k and luckily I was in a super low tax bracket because I didn't have any income when I was making that transition. So it wasn't too big of a deal there. There was a little bit of uh, penalties I ended up paying. That's really the biggest thing here. So when you, when you are cashing out your 401k, there's going to be taxes, there's going to be penalties potentially, but for 2020, there's actually some unique stuff going on. As a result of COVID-19, all the, the different CARES Act, all these different stimulus packages, they've added a lot of flexibility to accessing your retirement accounts for this very unique situation we all find ourselves in. So penalties will not apply for 2020 up to withdrawals of $100,000. You'll still have to pay taxes on it if it's traditional, so just be aware of that. But yeah, you may be able to avoid penalties if you end up accessing your 401ks this year. So it may make sense to consider that if that is something you are planning on doing or think that you may do before the end of the year. You might want to pull back the risk associated with your investments right now because the last thing you'd want is if you think you have a high probability or need to access these funds, to let it be very aggressive because most 401k plans most automatic investments that you get put into, you don't actually choose this, but they choose it for you. You're going to be pretty aggressive in most situations. A lot could happen. This is May 25th right now when I'm recording this on Memorial Day, but between now and the end of the year, who knows what could happen from the in the stock market. We've already seen a lot of volatility this year, and if that continues, your value could look very different from what it looks like today. So if you think there's a high probability of need that you'll need to tap that, you'll want to reduce the risk and try to bring it more reasonable expectations as far as what that value would be because 
obviously you wouldn't be upset if the value jumped up and it was a lot higher than it is now, but it could also fall significantly lower than it is now. And that's really where the problem lies is if you run into an issue and it's not as much as you were hoping for, you're going to be kicking yourself for not doing the right thing at the right time. That's important. I think this is breaking case of emergency. What you do when you take out of your retirement accounts, you are going to pay taxes. You are going to be able to avoid penalties for 2020. If you're listening to this and you're in a different year, that's not going to be the case. Penalties will apply. Penalty is 10%. And there is kind of some leeway where you can put the funds back and avoid the penalty. Again, due to all of the special stimulus, all the special provisions going on right now, Traditionally, it's 60 days to put the funds back without having to pay the penalty, without having to pay the taxes. For 2020, you actually have three years to put the funds back. So you can decide that, uh, yeah, I'm not going to really recognize this or deal with it. I'm going to pay everything back. You actually have three years now to get all the funds back, which is pretty ridiculous compared to the 60 day, which is the normal amount of time. So you have some flexibility to put the funds back. You also have the flexibility if you do the cash out to spread the tax liability over three years too. Another crazy unique strategy, planning opportunity if you need to use it because usually when you take the funds out, you just get taxed all that year, which could shoot your tax bracket to be pretty significantly higher than you'd expect. Again, there is a cap at 100,000. Anything above that, you will pay penalties on. You'll still pay taxes on it too. That will be able to be spread out though over three years. So you get some different strategies and flexibilities with some of the provisions to combat COVID-19 and all the unique economic fallout that's occurring as a result. So there's there's options to put the funds back. There's options to spread out the tax liability. I think that's the, the last thing that I'll leave you guys with is there is a lot of different strategies you can implement here. You want to make sure that you're actually doing it with a plan and a process and not just doing it out of fear because I know there's a lot of people that were just, oh, I can get the money. Like, let me just get that in my bank account and we'll figure it out later. That's that's not planning. That's being fearful. That's not, not really taking control of the situation. It's really being chaotic, not being efficient, not doing the best thing. And it could cost you a lot of money if you're just doing things out of fear and reacting and not actually sitting down, thinking, planning through, thinking through what all the different possibilities are, and then following a plan based on that. If you, if you have a plan and it's all logical, you're able to explain it to someone else and it makes sense, you truly understand what the implications are, then you'll feel a lot better as you kind of go through those steps. It'll be a lot, it'll make a lot more sense to you that you're not just doing it because you're freaking out. You're doing it because there's a, an actual plan, there's an actual process behind your investment decisions or your withdrawal decisions or whatever you're trying to do. So that's important. Obviously I live and breathe this stuff every day. So if you ever run into a situation, if you're not a client already, definitely reach out. Maybe it may make sense to come up with a plan. If you get a lot of benefits out of navigating these unique financial decisions that you're going to have to make throughout your life. But with that said, thank you for listening to today's episode. I'm excited. Happy to be back. Stay tuned for all the awesome episodes ahead, both guests and financial topics. And also reach out if you have questions specifically, I can make an episode around that. So I'm usually about one to two weeks ahead on these things before the financial episodes. But yeah, I'll, I'll definitely hit on those topics if I think there's a huge need for a lot of people with similar questions. And I'd be happy to do that for you. 
Thank you so much for listening to Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. You can find show notes by visiting leveluppfinancialplanning.com and finding the podcast page. You'll also be able to find strategy guides, videos, and cheat sheets to help you take your financial confidence to the next level. If you feel this episode has added a ton of value for you, please rate and share this with friends and colleagues. Catch you next time on Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp.